listening to Hidden History, and I'm your host, Ellis Tucci. Hidden History is an audio project of Bulletin Technologies, LLC. To learn about how you can fly for a fraction of the cost of commercial, visit bulletinflights.com. I'm very pleased to announce that Hidden History has a new home. Catch up on all our past episodes and hear new ones every Wednesday on hiddenhistory.show and learn something new today. The four-year reign of Roman Emperor Elagabalus is primarily known for two things, sex scandals and religious conflict. Yet, when he assumed power in 1218 AD, he was only 14 years old, so it's probably appropriate that he can be known for something else as well, his juvenile sense of humor. According to Martin Ick's 2011 book, The Crimes of Elagabalus, he would often shut his friends up when they were drunk and suddenly, in the night, let in lions and leopards and bears rendered harmless, so that when they woke up, they would find, at dawn, or what is worse, at night, lions, bears, and panthers in the same bedrooms as themselves. Several died as a result. Thankfully, this ancient practical joker's most important contribution to modern society is of a far less malicious nature. Elagabalus, an emperor so unhinged that it makes Nero look like an amateur, invented the whoopee cushion. You're listening to Hidden History. This is episode 12, Joy to the World. There were kids, eight and nine years old, that were sniffing airplane glue to get high on. These kids are responsible for turning musicians on a lot of things they never knew about, actually. So I had a fantasy how it happened. Kid is alone in his room. It's Saturday. Kid is played by George McCready. Well, let's see now. I'm all alone in the room, and it's Saturday. I'll make an airplane. That's what I'll do. I'll make a land cast, a good structural design. I'll get the balls wood here, cut it out, sand it off. Now I'll get a little airplane glue. I'll rub it on the rag, and, uh, here now. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm getting loaded. Is this possible loaded on airplane glue? Maybe it's stuffy, you know. Call my dog over. Filica? Filica, come here, darling, and smell this rag. Smell it, you freaky little doggy. Smell the rag, Filica. Filica? Filica! He's up there. I've done it. I'm the Louis Pasteur of junkiedom. Out of my skull for ten cents. Well, there's much work to be done now. Horses' hooves to melt down. Noses to get ready. Cut to the toy store. Any toy store. Any neighborhood. Kid walks in. Hello, Schindler. Nice to meet you got here. Give me a nickel's worth of pencils. Big boy tablet. Some juju beans. Tailspin Tommy book. And 2,000 tubes of aeroplane glue. I hope you can sleep tonight, Mr. Lee Page. That was comedian Lenny Bruce performing his famous airplane glue joke in the 1960s. And though his reference to American actor George McCready dates the joke and makes it more difficult for us to find funny, the cultural gap between modern audiences and ancient Roman pranksters is even worse. Unsurprisingly, there isn't a whole lot of information out there about Elagabalus' almost 2,000-year-old whoopee cushion. 
but from historical accounts, we can tell that it would have been disguised as a seat cushion, with an inflated animal bladder responsible for what's technically called the raspberry, or what's commonly known as the fart noise. The ancient Romans were often known for their sadistic senses of humor, and Elagabalus's whoopee cushion is the tamest prank I could find. Thankfully, as time pressed on, our collective sense of humor became less and less physically harmful. Gone were the days of emperors setting loose snakes in Rome, or having starlings peck apart a balding man's head because his few remaining hair reminded the regent of worms. By the Middle Ages, practical joking started to bear a vague resemblance to how we prank today. The notebook of 15th century English Brigitine monk Thomas Betson describes how he put a beetle in a hollow apple. When the apple began to rock back and forth, the other monks in the abbey believed it to be possessed. According to Stephen Bluestone's 2007 book, The Flagrant Dead, this same mischievous monk would use wax to attach fine hairs to eggs and make them appear to float in midair. He would position mirrors under the low roof of the abbey's rectory and project images of ghostly candles. He would use onion juice to make invisible ink and could magically turn a white rose red by using vapor of strong red wine. As our senses of humor evolve into what they are today, we've seen scores and scores of different ways to make us laugh. Whether it's the black comedy of George Carlin, the early vaudeville of Lou Fields, the honed insults of Don Rickles, or the misanthropic and alcohol-soaked comedy of W.C. Fields, American humor is a wildly diverse collection of big personalities with bigger mouths. But the focus of this episode isn't on stand-up comedians. It's on practical joking. And if we want to talk about modern American practical jokes, we need to talk about the one man that's largely responsible for them. Soren Sorensen Adams, known by his American nickname, Sam. Adams was born on May 24, 1879, in the municipality of Kolding in central Denmark. The Sorensen family would consisted of Soren, Hans, his father, a professional Sabbath maker, and Soren's mother, Sophia, immigrated to the United States in 1881, when Sorensen was only two years old. The family set up shop in a small Scandinavian enclave across the river from New York City, Perth Amboy, New Jersey. In 1904, at the age of 25, Adams was employed as a salesman at a chemical dye manufacturing company. If you want to learn more about the history of chemical dye, check out episode 4, The Color Purple. One of the products that Adams was tasked with selling had a curious side effect. One of the ingredients used in its manufacture made the dye workers sneeze uncontrollably, and Adams thought it was hilarious. So he isolated the nose-irritating chemical, an odorless white powder, the benzidine derivative dianisidine, stuck it in bottles, and called it kachu. With requests for his sneezing powder coming in from friends and strangers alike, he decided to sell off a stake he held in the Pennsylvania Hotel and use the funds to found the Kachu Sneezing Powder Company, headquartered in Plainfield, New Jersey. Soon after, the demand for Adam's sneezing powder, which had become a nationwide phenomenon, died down, and he was forced to create more novelty products. Sneezing powder would eventually be banned by the Food and Drug Administration in the 1940s, 
and was in fact considered for weaponized use by Nazi Germany. In order to portray the new diverse product lines he offered, in 1906 he changed the name to SS Adams Company. Before the decade was out, the SS Adams Co. would introduce practical joking juggernauts like itching powder, a can of snakes, and the stink bomb. But the best was yet to come. Soren Sorensen Adams would create his most notable invention in 1928. He called it the Joy Buzzer. It was based off a much less innocent gag called the Zapper, which, instead of the mechanism contained in the Joy Buzzer, had a dullened point that would actually hurt the recipient of the handshake. Adams's buzzer was much more harmless. A tightly coiled spring is housed within the buzzer's case. When the button in the center is pressed, it releases the spring, making it unwind extremely quickly, with the side effect of creating a loud buzz and a vibration that feels somewhat like an electric shock. He built a large prototype and took it to Dresden, Germany, where a local machinist managed to scale it down to one and a quarter inches in diameter and three quarters of an inches thick, the perfect size to fit comfortably in the palm of your hand. The Joy Buzzer was an instant hit for the SS Adams Company, and it allowed Adams to relocate to a new, larger factory in Neptune Township, New Jersey. He received a patent for the gag in 1932, and the creatively titled application for Joke Buzzer was awarded U.S. patent 1,845,735. From the time it began production, Adams sent royalty payments to the original Dresden machinist. That is, until 1934, when the handy German dye maker began to return Adams' checks. The story of Soren Sorensen Adams' prank empire is mostly one of success, but in my research for this episode, I came across one blunder that I thought was too big not to mention. In the 1940s, the president of the GEM, that's J-E-M, rubber company pitched Adams an idea for a novelty prank that he rejected outright, calling it, quote, too vulgar. Jem Rubber later sold the idea to the Johnson Smith Company of Chicago, Illinois, who sold it with spectacular success. Soren Sorensen Adams had missed out on the whoopee cushion. Adams would later claim to have invented over 600 novelty pranks, including classics like the squirting nickel and bug in an ice cube. He patented 40 of them. He managed his company until 1963, when, at the age of 84, he died of old age in Ashbury Park, New Jersey. In one fell swoop, the SS Adams Company had lost its creative driving force, and it experienced a slow but steady decline as its market share was eaten away by a slew of competitors. What usually signals an undignified death for most companies may have signaled a rebirth for SS Adams. In 2009, it was bought out by another novelty prank and magic manufacturer, which reintroduced Soren's most famous inventions in authentic packaging. Not the sneeze powder, though. Turns out Dionysity might not be so good for you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hidden History. If you're interested in learning more about early America's brands of humor, I'd recommend picking up a copy of Constance Rourke's American Humor, a study of the national character, which holds up very well for pushing 90 years old. Until then, this is Ellis Tucci at Hidden History, signing off.